Welcome to Founded and Grounded, the podcast aimed at the startup community for anyone seeking inspiration, advice and wisdom from the entrepreneurial community as they set out on their business journey. You've come to the right place. I'm Andrew Parsonage. As ever with me this morning in the Founded and Grounded studio, no expenses spared, is business startup guru, Mr. Ollie Collard. Good morning, Ollie. Good morning, Andrew. It's a lovely Monday morning when we're recording this. Indeed. Good start to the week. It's a great start to the week. The coffee's on. It's, I've made a, I think I've made a particularly strong brew this morning. Yeah, I think I'm buzzing a bit. <laughs> Ollie's, Ollie's nodding vigorously there. Uh, we have the studio cat. She enjoyed it so much last time when we recorded ed- edition seven that she's uh, rejoined us in the kitchen today. So she's snoozing quietly somewhere. Uh, eight episodes in to the series. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Okay, Ollie, so every podcast episode we have an abiding theme or talking point, and this week it is? It's really around your vision, purpose, and values. And who have we been speaking to this week? So I caught up with Daryl Irwin, who's the founder of Creation, which is a branding agency based at Philwood Green Business Park in South Bristol. But as part of his business, he's actually created a sub-brand called Genesis, which is probably the main focus of today's podcast. Okay, so last time around, if you might recall, we spoke to Orca, who are another strategic branding and, and design agency. So this week, similar sort of area, but uh, all a whole different bunch of issues we'll be covering off this week. So we'll be hearing from Daryl very shortly. Also, we'll have news of our forthcoming podcast panel events here in Bristol, and Ollie will be having plenty of advice and hints and tips as we go through the show. So uh, let's crack on. Indeed. Okay, Ollie, so let's get going with the first part of this podcast interview. We're talking to Daryl Irwin uh, from Creation. And over the course of the podcast, we often see things, themes, ideas, trends that come back again and again. But here, this is an interesting one. So yes, we're talking again this week about a branding agency or a design, branding design agency, but one where the owner and the entrepreneur in question this week had a little bit of divine inspiration. Yeah, it's not a, a, a traditional startup story, so really interesting background and origin. Yeah, so um, Creation as a Business began in a charity, funnily enough, and we started the business to help bring in more charitable funds into the charity to do charity works around Bristol. The good news was that it grew, and after a period of nine years being in the, within the charity, we were starting to earn too much money to stay within it. So in 2016, we came out as our own limited company and began the journey again. Essentially, it's like a startup with nine years trading history. In the process of building that team and building the, the offering that we had, we then started to look at research and development type projects, you know, where the industry is going. And that's where the Genesis idea come from, which was birthed to help startups be able to build brands at an affordable price. Essentially, the creative industry has always paid for time and talent, and that's what we charge as a business, as, crea- as a creation. The situation was is that for a startup, that's quite expensive, you know, and so, so how do you get those costs down? So we looked at if we could answer a series of questions and use a mechanism like decision trees. So if they say it's something modern or something traditional, based on their answer, it would throw up different things like different fonts, different colours, that kind of stuff. 
that would reduce the amount of time it would take. So we literally went about building it from scratch, building that journey, and at the end of the day, we've managed to achieve it. So can you tell me a bit more about your charitable beginnings? Yeah, so back in 2001, I was going to run a marketing agency in London, and we had Virgin Holidays, Stella Artois, Teachers. I mean, we had some brilliant NTL when they first came to the UK. Brilliant clients, and I was going to run a marketing agency there. I was earmarked as one of four that were going to run it, 25% each. And a week before signing papers, a girlfriend that I've been going out with just said, look, I'm not going to be happy you know, in life if I don't pursue God. You know? And I was like, well, what's that about? Just that question there began to meet, start to think, is what I'm doing going to leave the right kind of legacy? And I basically turned the opportunity down because it didn't fit. I, basically, I was ending people's lives. We had like Imperial Tobacco as one of the clients. So you're ending people's life rather than celebrating people's life. And it made me realize that I kind of compromised on so many values. I was brought up in a Christian home, then got out there and had a career, did my own thing. I never revisited the whole God thing. And it was only in that conversation I thought, hang on a minute there might be something a bit more to life than just me anyway long story short nine months later me and that girl got married and I went freelance so I was freelancing loads in the financial industry some people would joke you've gone from tobacco to finance but anyway um, but the reality is it really helped me and gave me the flexibility to get involved in mission so I'd done a lot of mission trips went to Romania handing out aid and it's while I was handing out aid in Romania the, the penny dropped that I could use my skills talents and abilities to impact people rather than just, you know, isn't that a great poster? So when we got back, we started to make plans of taking a volunteer department that were doing a lot of comms for the charity. And we literally trained the volunteers to be like an agency. And once we got that into that position, we then started doing outside work, which would bring in revenue. So then they could pass that revenue in to make the department self-sustaining and employ people, but also give back. So this is a really different way of operating from the world that I'd come from. We grew that as the team got more and more skilled, we got more and more in demand, and it became to a point where the charity itself was growing and we were looking at it saying, although this is a revenue-making animal, the charity is the charity, and we were starting to make too much funds to justify it being there as part of the charity. So decisions were made, is it going to stay, are we going to shut it down and shut it down? And I firmly believe that's what we needed to do, carry on doing it. We were making an impact and we were backed and we were helped to make the transition out and we still remain in relationship with them today. But it was, it was needed for us to go where we needed to go as well. That was my journey that whereas before I was using the skills and abilities to enrich a lifestyle, now I'm using those skills and abilities to enrich people's purpose. Everybody wants to do something and leave an impact the vehicle that we have that is brand we can help them do that so whether you need a bespoke brand or if you need to get up and running you can but those finances that come in aren't all to make us super rich it's how can we invest how can we help more and more people okay ollie so i know we're just eight episodes in but often we see recurring themes and trends come around again and again from the various organizations and, and people we talk to but this is a quite interesting one actually because if you think about the origin story to to, to daryl's business and daryl's enterprise he basically turned down what for many people would be in the opportunity, the business opportunity of, of, of a lifetime, a, a real career. It could have been a very defining career moment. And it was in a way, wasn't it? Yeah, he basically decided not to go down the route of this partnership with four equal partners. He was about to sign on a dotted line, actually. And he just had a, a moment of reflection 
and he basically realized did this align with his purpose his vision what he really wanted to do and ultimately it didn't so he took a different direction yeah i mean obviously people start at businesses for various reasons but essentially at some point yes you want to make enough money to be able to live and you know, have a good life etc etc and it sounded like daryl reached a bit of a watershed moment where money wasn't uh, the be all and end all no i think charity and making an impact was very close to his heart so he saw this the best way to fulfill his future ambitions it reminds me of the uh, the episode we did with, with uh, clayton where he was moved by his his own experiences and he felt like he wanted to, to do something positive and give something back so yes he's he's running an enterprise and there's a commercial side to it, but also he feels like it was for the betterment of, of the community, for, for society. Yeah, there's definitely a strong social purpose um, underlying Daryl's motivations. It, it made me smile actually later when he talked about the dilemma of making too much money once they finally started started going down the, the, the different route he chose. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting background. I speak to lots of founders about how they started their business and actually starting as a charity. I haven't actually come across that one before. Mm. So, you know, doing really well as a charity, having an impact, but... Essentially, they were making too much money to remain a charity, so they obviously branched off um, into the creation. Yeah, and I'm sure it's a dilemma lots of charities would love to have in terms of, well, we've got too much money coming through the doors here. Just wanted to focus on the business itself. Now, just to explain it, in case you haven't picked up through listening to that, is that when we set up Founding and Grounded, um, a few editions in, we opted for the podcast branding design that you see when you go onto Buzzsprout or whichever platform you use. It's quite a clever thing he's created here in the fact that for a lot of startups, building a brand, it's it's a nice thing to do, but it's quite expensive because you probably have to end up paying someone quite a bit of, a bit of cash to do it. But it seems like Daryl's found the way in which you, you make that process quite simple, very similar to, say, how you might build a website, for example, through an off-the-shelf provider. Yeah, exactly. And we talked about last episode about spending your limited resources in a very effective ways and to go to a branding agency you're going to be talking probably a couple of grand to get a brand made for you mm. so this is a, a simple cost-effective solution that's delivered instantly so it's a really good alternative for a potential startup to get a brand out there yeah and particularly when they've, they've second guessed the sort of questions that a client would ask a brand designer and to have automated that is, uh, is is very clever indeed. In effect, how to make money while you're sleeping in, in, in many ways. This is what it effectively achieves. Yeah, it's a very different business model from the design model where that's all about time and people. This is about automation and essentially, yeah, how, how to make money when you're sleeping. The, the program uses machine learning, which in very simple terms, the analogy that I'll give is comparing it to kind of Netflix. So if you've watched one particular show, it might recommend something else mm. for you. So it essentially learns your habits and behaviors. Um, so Daryl's got big ambitions. He's obviously starting with branding and how to automate that. But he's talking about automating blog posts and future marketing as well. So um, really interesting space. Mm. And just on branding, Ollie, what point should a startup consider their brand so we spoke in the last episode about actually in terms of investing your money which is when we're chatting with orca in fact go out and spend the time and, and invest the money in terms of tapping at potential clients or tapping it's probably not the right word but you know what i mean developing relationships that's the word that's exactly the phrase i'm looking for but here i get the impression of what daryl was saying is that you know don't leave it too long into your business journey before you come to that in a monologue about your brand because it is important yeah, and I think when he speaks about brand, he means the overarching mission for the actual company rather than just 
your logo. Yeah. So I think he's getting startups to think about their their purpose, their mission, mm. early doors, and also create a brand at the same time. Do, do you think people do make that mistake from from your experience, Ollie? Do you think people think just about the logo and not about actually what's my what is my brand in a, in a more holistic sense? I think they do think about it, <laughs> but they don't communicate it effectively. Right. All right, so R&D, obviously, very important, and funding is available, but it wasn't always plain sailing. Yeah, no, it's a great initiative from the government, but there's obviously a few pitfalls that you need to be aware of. One of the things, we, we like to do things differently, and one of the main things we did is we made a commitment to the research and development programme, and so we discovered what was available to us through the government, and we put the application and stuff in process. It's a 28-day process to get paid once the initial goes in and they sign it off and you get paid in 28 days in our case it took nearly 34 weeks to get paid it's tough especially when your cash flow forecast those finances coming in and you're like right we need to make sales and we're always making sales but you know it's just like you weren't expecting that kind of pressure so you know we're always hungry about growth but that was probably the most difficult time in the, in the like couple of years we've been building the businesses you know the R&D journey I think we know what to expect now. We've got a third year about to go through and, you know, they're telling us it's going to be a lot shorter. It's more like the 28 days rather than 34 weeks or whatever. But it was unexpected and very difficult to manage. So what would your advice be to any companies looking at R&D? I think it's a great thing for the government. It is to inspire innovation, but don't rely on it cash-wise. I think that's probably the mistake that we made is that we were expecting that cash in a lot quicker. It's almost like do it, get the process in, but make sure everything else is sustainable as well. We had plenty of business in, it was just turning around those projects in time to get the cash flow flowing again because we had invested so heavily in you know, research and development projects. So we had to pull back on the research and development projects to get more work in and done. And, and I think for some businesses, that get it done, don't rely on it. It's, all, it's almost a bonus when it comes through, hooray, you know, it's helped us, but just keep your eye on the ball with the business as well. So, Daryl, for these really challenging moments, who's in and around your support network? So, I have people based in the NatWest Entrepreneurial Hub. I've got a guy called Andy Jackson, who's been absolutely amazing, and a guy called Ollie Reed. Both of those have you know, really helped me at key times in the business and helped us navigate what seems to be really difficult times. I have another guy called Mike Wilshire from the Executive Foundation. That's a peer-to-peer group. So, he heads it up, brings a load of you know, CEOs, directors and stuff together on a on a monthly basis and we once a year we go on a recess for three days so I've just come back and it's literally just thinking about your vision for yourself you're doing all this hard work but what does that look like with the rest of your life you're not just your job how does how does my life look like going forward because obviously the business succeeds and be able to impact all those types of things so having that support network around having peer-to-peer groups that you know as I said in the hub there are loads of people that are starting their own businesses in the executive foundation there are loads of people that are doing it and we can talk and compare really really helps and then you've got the wisdom of, of someone that runs it like Mike will share that can just ask those really difficult questions that you don't always know the answers to <laughs> and is it right that now you've got where you need to get to and I think you need to have people that challenge you you know so we're all accountable I think that's the biggest thing in the space is having people around you that hold you to account um, my vision is actually on my phone now, so every time I pick it up, I can see it holds me accountable. When I wake up in the morning, I know why, what I'm doing. Any one of those boxes, there's something to do, but that's why I'm alive, to be able to execute those things. So how many people do you employ, Daryl, and kind of what are the um, main benefits of working with you? 
So there's a team of nine. Um, we do work with freelancers as and when we need them to get, to get stuff done. What makes us different in the marketplace is we've committed to the four-day work week, which a lot of people thought, wow, you're a bit crazy. You know, you <laughs> start up and now you're hitting the four-day work week. But we thought if we make that as part of our DNA as we grow, then it would just be normal to us and we know how it works. So the four-day work week works from the perspective of week one. They work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday is a day off. Go and have fun. Go and do whatever you want to do that you probably can't do on a Saturday because you're washing and ironing and all that mundane stuff. Or you might want to do the mundane stuff on the Friday and then have fun on Saturday. <laughs> the second week of that two-week cycle is the Friday is an R&D day. So they look at projects, look at areas that want to further their career in, further their expertise in, and spend their time on that. Because again, you know, I might go and check out coding when I get home in the evening. You get home in the evening, it's like, kids are up but you know what I can't be bothered I'll do it again tomorrow yeah. now we're actually giving people space to be able to learn as well you know within their own time in their own direction they can come in the office they don't have to they can go you know sit in a coffee shop all day or whatever or read books but the idea is is that if, if they invest in themselves they become more valuable to us as a business and the purpose of having that extra time and that day off certainly in the creative industry allows them to be more creative you know, they're just having fun. It's nothing worse being under immense pressure and trying to be creative. It's proven it's very difficult. So if you can relieve that pressure, ideas can come when they're out on a walk. You know, it's that kind of stuff. That's amazing. And I think, um, yeah, just having the headspace to be able to take time out and, you know, develop yourself is critically important. And actually embedding that as part of the role is, I think that's a brilliant thing you've done there, Darrell. The other thing is, is it helps with retention. We've got quite a few developers on board and everyone's looking for developers so they get hit up on LinkedIn and it's quite good when they respond well we got four day work week and they go all right well we can't do that and leave us alone you know in the space I think it's very interesting in the tech world people are looking at remote working people are looking at flexi working that sort of stuff the four day work week works for us um, they didn't lose any money either so when we went down to four days we didn't say right now you've got to work you know eight o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock at night yeah. But we've actually, our turnover and our, our growth has gone up since we've done it. It says a lot, really, in terms of making those changes. Well, do you know what, Ollie, listening to Daryl there, he really strikes me as being a very modern sort of entrepreneur and someone who's annoyingly got his life so balanced, everything in its right place and where it needs to be. So uh, I want to work for this guy, basically. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's very visionary and, you know, he's, he's not afraid to put his head out there above the parapet and, and be different. Let's start off with R&D first and the R&D funding. Yeah, so the government has put an initiative in place, essentially the scheme's called R&D tax credits. So it basically enables you as a business to reclaim monies invested in innovation and R&D. So you can actually reclaim up to 33 pence on the pound invested in R&D. Obviously, one of the issues Daryl's come up against there is the issue with the basically putting into his cash flow forecast as a money coming in and actually taking longer than 28 days and actually taking 34 weeks. Yeah. Um, so he's had a few issues there, but it's a great initiative from the government. There are specialists out there who can actually um, advise you on the R&D tax claims. You can speak to accountants, but there are actually specialist firms like Forrest Brown who actually just specialise in doing these tax claims. And they actually don't take any money up front they basically take a percentage of the money that you receive back from government. So okay. it's a kind of no win, no fee. Okay. 
So that's R&D funding. Let's just talk about some of the more general things that he, he touched upon. And we're talking about cash flow. A sort of a different take on that is about people with second jobs. Now, I think it's very common for people in the startup position that they, whilst they're getting the business off the ground, they have to have a steady source of income uh, as a safety net. But what was really reassuring, and, and again, what this podcast is all about, to offer reassurance. And Daryl's words there, don't forget who you really are. Yeah, there's some great advice there. And, you know, in the short term, you might be doing stuff. You might be stacking shelves, washing cars, whatever it may be, working in a bar, waiting but don't forget your longer term game plan about about your business and your future direction. Have that kind of infinite mindset about be true to yourself and remember your future direction. Okay. Just also touching upon some of the support that Daryl had. Daryl mentions the NatWest Entrepreneurial Hub as an example of the sort of stuff that's out there. Is that something you've come across, Ollie? Yeah, they've got a hub in Bristol, um, but they've got hubs throughout the, the country. So do have a look on their website. Essentially, they support startups, but also companies looking to grow as well. So they got three core programs there. And there's basically in-house advisors. So Ollie Reed and Andy Jackson are the two people that obviously Daryl mentioned who are yeah. based in Bristol. But they got some fantastic people there. The biggest part of it really is that you get a community of startups who are all in the same position and you can keep each other accountable, do business with one another and it's a good environment to be based in. You get free office space and free advice so highly recommend checking them out. Mm. And besides these guys it sounds like he's got a support network that keeps him to accounts and we mean that in a nice way. We've spoken in, in, in the previous podcast or podcasts about mentoring and it sounds like a sort of a, a variation on that. Yeah, I mean, going away and taking time out of the business to work on the business is vitally important. And actually having someone who really challenges and pushes you is definitely key. So asking the really difficult questions, getting you thinking, and you might not have an answer first mm -hmm. time round, but that question will keep niggling you and you will come up with an answer. Okay, and then finally, let's look at the four-day week, which is the uh, Nirvana, the Valhalla of, <laughs> of, of going to business for yourself. Daryl's very m much made it part of his business's DNA. And the thing that came into my head, and we had this conversation a minute ago, is I reckon a lot of people, given the choice in this day and age, would take a four-day week above, say, a job which was paid slightly more. Yeah, I think so. I think it's about having that balance in your life and also having the headspace to develop your career personally. Mm -hmm. So I love the idea of just um, actually having that R&D day. And like Daryl says, that time spent working on your future direction will have benefits for the business in terms of increased creativity, increased productivity, retention. It's definitely not a gimmick when he's implemented this scheme. Some people might say, oh, well, four-day week, it's just, well, <laughs> you know, you can be quite cynical about it and say, well, it's just, you can't really be working that hard or you can't be becoming that much work there or you must be working like crazy for the four days you're in. But I don't get that impression at all from, from what Daryl was saying. No, he's, he's definitely wants to care for his staff and wants them to, you know, have a good balance in their lives. And I think that the proof is in the pudding. He said turnover has gone up as mm. a result of implementing the four-day work week. Yeah, it's definitely something that I think a lot of businesses could learn from and observe the fact that actually it does test the traditional model of a five-day week and what everyone's going to do in 95. And okay, yes, there may be some sorts of business where you do have to be in five days a week because of the service you're providing or, or, or whatever. But uh, it does sound like a lot of businesses could learn from what Daryl's done here. Definitely. And you only have to look at countries like Sweden who've implemented four day work weeks and, you know, the quality of life 
and the productivity has dramatically increased. Yeah, because I, mean, I suppose quality of life is a big thing here. We, again, going back to why you go into business for yourself, but I know it's hard work and, and sometimes a thankless task, long hours, quite antisocial at times, but there is a quality of life thing in there as well, isn't there, about being your own boss, about doing something that you believe in. Yeah, and I think it's just having the flexibility over your own diary and making your own decisions rather than saying, oh, I've got to run that past the boss. You are the boss. Mm. Right, so we're coming towards the conclusion of uh, this week's interview. And as we do with all our guests, we try and seek their particular wisdom and ask them for one or two particular pieces of advice for startups. We've done the same with Daryl, and he comes up with some pearls, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got some really good advice uh, for startups because he comes across lots of startups and where they fall down. Uh, so he's got some really good advice for early stage companies. So, Daryl, where do you see kind of some early stage companies sort of falling down slightly? I think many companies don't really struggle to explain what they do. They kind of get that. I mean, we've heard the whole Simon Sinek, know your why, that kind of stuff. And I think it's being able to articulate why they do it and what makes them unique. They're they're the two key things. And I find businesses that want to get going, it's like, no, we don't need to worry about that. Let's just get going. Uh, What this program does is allow people to drill down on what makes them unique. You know, is there a niche that they're focusing on? Yeah, you might be a barber's, but, you know, is the barber's just about teenagers or is it a barber about just men only if they can drill down on what a niche is it actually helps them establish what their uniqueness is in the marketplace it gets people to think that way i think you can have a business idea but not asking the question what makes you unique you just become average and i think these questions force you to become unique and that is a common problem with startups they, they've got this great idea let's launch the idea and everyone's one going to buy it then about three months later when no one's knocked on the door they're going well I don't know what's going on let's go and try something else whereas they took some time to say what makes me better than that person down the road or you know I've got many more years of experience but it's got to go more than that and I think if you can get those questions answers right away it really does help you going forward. So Daryl as a serial entrepreneur what advice do you have or would you give to a startup just getting going i think it's a bit of a cliched one but you know don't forget why you started <laughs> you know uh, you have good days really good days and you have some really bad days and i think as a an entrepreneur is to make sure you've got people around you that can you know speak into your life and who've been on the journey before that can say yeah i get it we understand it being part of an entrepreneurial hub i've done that no one's got it all sussed out you know and even speaking to serial entrepreneurs that have been doing it for 10 years they still get their headaches they're still struggling with different things so it's it's a very up and down world, and I think you just got to learn to live in the live on the on the flats of things. You know, try and remain normal rather than bounce up and down. So my advice is, don't forget why you started, because you did it because uh, you wanted to live a different life, you wanted to make a difference, you wanted to leave an impact, and you couldn't do it in the current vehicle that you were in, so you decided to go for it. And I think patience is key. It's not going to happen immediately. I mean, very few it, overnight success. But it takes a lot of hard work. I think they say that it takes 10 years for an overnight success. And I would say, yes, that's bang on. You know, you just got to be persistent and consistent. So where can people find out a bit more about Genesis and creation? Genesis's website is www.genesisbrands.co.uk. You just register your name and your email address and then you can literally just try it. You don't have to spend any money. 
just answer the questions and then you'll see the results and like Ollie you'll be blown away at how quickly you can pull something together. Creation is C-R-E-8-I-O-N. It's a funny spelling because the eight represents infinite possibilities. If you go to that website you'll see the type of clients that we're working with. We're working with art galleries to engraving companies to lots of schools in the education sector and investment sector. So we've got quite a diverse range of clients but that really helps us remain creative and Obviously, all the creators loves variety, you know, not the same thing all the time. There's nothing groundbreaking about that, but it's, it's so true and so fundamental for businesses. And often it's the most fundamental stuff that you can ignore or overlook when you're starting out on your journey. So the thing I find interesting, it's a subject close to my heart, is that he says many companies struggle to communicate what they do or, or articulate what they do. Which is extraordinary when you think about it, because you know, when you set out for yourself, you, you know what it is you want to do. It's another thing altogether to be able to get that across to your, your potential market. Yeah, and I think most people, most startups do know why they started in the first place, but they don't communicate that effectively. Mm. Daryl references, obviously, the Simon Stenek Start With Why, which is a fantastic video, by the way, mm. um, and it talks about the golden triangle. The purpose of that really is to do business with people who believe what you believe. So I'd highly recommend checking that out. Um, but also actually communicating to your niche audience why you started in the first place. I'm just reminded that that source again. So Simon Sinek, uh, search on YouTube, uh, start with why. And again, his, his advice basically is the, the sort of ethos of this podcast, really. You know, the, being an entrepreneur, being a startup is a very up and down world. It is a roller coaster highs and lows and there's very few plateaus and planes in there so i think trying to get on the plateau as, as much as you can is is all all sound advice just going back to the the previous points again it sounds it sounds ridiculously obvious but it's something you can easily forget is to find the niche in the market so what is it about you that is different the usp whatever it is yeah ultimately if you don't define your usp and your target market and your niche audience then um, you're really going to struggle because you can't sell to everyone. Mm. If you try and sell to everyone, you won't sell to anyone. Mm. Um, so actually defining exactly who you want to do business with is vitally important. And also you made a, a, a very useful point that no one has it sussed, or no one has it all sussed anyway, that you'll have people who have been in the be in the game for a long time who are still sort of trying to figure stuff out. So we talk a lot about being part of networks and the importance of networks, but uh, as Daryl put there, being part of an entrepreneurial hub, being part of a community of like-minded people can be a good way to survive those ups and downs. Yeah, being part of a community is really important because you've got people who are going through the same thing at the same time as you. So you can let steam off, have a chat about what's causing you a headache at the moment, um, and, that, and that's vitally important. Well, thanks once again to Daryl Irwin there at uh, Creation. Really interesting conversation. They're all, they're all good on our show. We don't get any duffers, <laughs> do we? But it's interesting. Every, every week we find something new. Let's just revisit this week's theme then. So we've talked a lot about having a mission, purpose and values. They may feel like cliched business buzzwords, but they're very important. And I think a lot of what Daryl spoke about there was about those sort of those knowing what your value is and having that vision, having that purpose to your life, which your business is then wrapped up in. Yeah, I think it's about knowing why you do what you do and really not forgetting that and having that front and centre of your mind. Okay, that is pretty much that for this week. Let's just, before we go, cover off a couple of things. We mentioned it on our last podcast, but uh, Ollie and myself will be taking Founding the Grounded on the road. Uh, we're going to be hosting a special podcast event as part of the Bristol Entrepreneurs and Opportunity Seekers Network, which you can find out more details about 
on the Meetup site. They have a session where we'll be there in person talking about this podcast, talking about some of the themes and trends that we see and cover off on Founded and Grounded, and just talking about podcasting in general and taking people's questions about that. This will take place on Tuesday, the 25th of February at half past six at the Raw Space co-working centre which is at 111 Gloucester Road it's up from the arches it's close to Totally Toys I used to shop there as a kid so uh, really if you know where Totally Toys is it's it's just just close by okay so we'll continue to share details on that but yeah half past six Tuesday the 25th of February all things about Found and Grounded about the podcast about the stuff we cover and also we'll be capturing some audio from the evening to use in a special one-off podcast later on this spring at some point. So uh, look out for more details of that on our social channels. Indeed, and we'll also be inviting one of our guests from the podcast, and we're going to be announcing that on the socials, so please do stay tuned. It's just too exciting, Ali. It's just way too exciting. Speaking of socials, just remind everyone about where they can catch us. Yep, so we're on Twitter, Founded Grounded, and also on Facebook, founded and grounded so look us up follow us join in in the conversation that's us done for another episode ollie thank you for your time pleasure as always andrew and we'll be back with another edition in a couple of weeks time so we'll speak to you then cheerio